Welcome to Caritals. This week, post-town hall professional response. The questions this cast answers are, what is the right thing to do after a company town hall? What is the right thing to say after a company town hall? And how can I use a company town hall to show my professionalism? So before we get started, we'll explain what a town hall is for those people in companies that were there called something else. So a town hall meeting is a company or division-wide meeting where big announcements are made. So if you imagine a city, a city in the medieval times, no internet, no phones, um, if you want to make an announcement to everybody in the city about something that was changing, their taxes were going up or the stores were going to have to close early or whatever, you would bring everybody to the biggest plate the biggest building in the city which would be the town hall and then one person could stand on a stage and make the announcement everybody hears it all at once it's a very efficient way of communication and so we still use them even though we have the internet and phones and all the other things some companies use them within a division some companies will have the whole company come together sometimes it's different divisions but all in one location it can depend but it's usually more than 50 or 60 people Uh, and sometimes more like six or seven hundred so it depends sometimes they're called all hands meeting meaning all the hands (laughs) all the people need to come to this meeting And they include everybody at all layers of the organization. So if you go to one of these meetings, you'll see everybody from the call center worker, you know, hourly paid part-time person, all the way up to the guy who reports to the CEO and potentially the CEO as well. And it depends, you know, if it's a division, then the leader of that division will be there and maybe the COO won't or the CEO won't. But in general, you expect in a town hall to see a really wide range of levels of people in the company and a wide range kind of breadth-wise in terms of their jobs. They're a way for the company to ensure that everybody hears the same message at the same time in the same way. Because, you know, if you're going to make an announcement that you are closing a particular location You don't want one person to find that out and then there to be this kind of gossip. You know, one person says, don't tell anyone I told you this. And, you know, all of a sudden 500 people all know, in inverted commas, this piece of information. And, you know, after the first person, the communication wasn't done well. You know, it changes in the game that the Americans call telephone and we call Chinese whispers. So this is a way of telling everybody at the same time so you don't get that downside of communication where it gets changed every time someone else communicates it. And they, uh, now they're often held by video rather than having the whole company assemble in one place. So if you work for a company that has sites all over North America, you might have one video that goes to everybody. Sometimes that's a video on your desk, on your laptop or your desktop. Sometimes you have to go to a big room, a conference room at your location and it's shown to like 100 people at the same time. It's a very efficient way of communicating for companies and that's why we see it a lot. 
And for us as individuals, it's a really easy way to show our professionalism. And showing our professionalism is one of the things that gets us promoted more money. And everybody wants those. <laughs> so what are we going to cover? All right. So in today's cast, we are going to cover making positive comments, making positive comments to your directs, and if you can't, get a new job. This is another one where we're being very bold. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So start off, make positive comments. Mm-hmm. Now, it has been cool to be anti-establishment basically since the first human beings invented an establishment, right? And it's true in companies today. Human beings like to make groups and then put labels on those groups. If there's a group in authority, they are the establishment, and the group that opposes that authority is the anti-establishment. Now, perhaps that's overstating it, but the non-authority group often don't directly oppose the authority in a head-on, direct manner. Typically, they snipe and make comments and gossip in order to undermine the establishment itself. It's those kinds of negative comments that are made about somebody after they leave the room, the gossip that's spread about an individual who's unpopular, or the lip service that's paid to ideas in front of somebody's face, but behind everybody's back, everyone's slightly less supportive. It's those subtle things that are done to make somebody else's project late, those types of behaviors. That's the cool group being cool, but just gently undermining the establishment, the, uh, the, the group that is not them. And so what happens after a town hall is you go into this big room or you have everyone watches the video and you know that all of your team just saw the same thing. And as you come out, uh, you can hear people saying, making negative comments because the establishment or the in-group was on the stage making the presentation and people want to distance themselves and put them in a different group. And the way they do that is they say something negative and wait for someone else to agree with them. And once the second person agrees, now we're a group. <laughs> and so, you know, if somebody is chosen for an award, you kind of hear, well, of course he got it. He's a suck up or I never wanted to be awarded anyway, you know. <laughs> the people who get awards, it's just, they don't do any work, you know. When things go wrong, uh, sometimes the AV goes wrong, sometimes the sound, sometimes somebody's not a great presenter, sometimes they're terribly slides, you know. And you get things like, well, with the money they spend on those meetings, you'd think they'd work out how to use the AV. Or when the presentation is poor, you get... With all those charts, time moves so slowly. I stopped going to the actual meetings and started remote attending remotely so at least I can multitask because I haven't got time to listen to people do slides badly. People say negative things. Things that add no value. Exactly. You know, even if they weren't negative, even if they were neutral, don't say them anyway because they're not adding anything useful to the conversation. As like your mother said, if you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. Exactly. Because it's better to be silent than it is to say something bad. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And maybe you yourself have been the person that has said those things in the past. But having cynicism, being cynical and having that negative view just doesn't change anything 
but make you unhappy. That's the only thing that it changes. And Mark sometimes will say, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. And cynicism is exactly the same. It feels good in the moment to say something. It might make you feel like you're bonding with your team or you're building relationships with others. But long term, it changes nothing. And focusing on what's wrong with things all the time, having that negative outlook, makes you miserable. I was going to a Toastmasters meeting, a special training session a couple of weeks ago, and I was in the car with my friend. And uh, the training was done just like 30 minutes from anywhere. It's way down in the south of San Antonio. It's a campus university. There is nothing for 10 miles. So once you get there, you're kind of stuck there. And I was complaining that we had to go there on a Monday night. I was complaining about what time it was. I was complaining uh, all about everything because that was the mood I was in. And she, she turned around and said, well, you know, you could run the next one. At which point I shut up. Right? right, because all the complaining I was doing to my friend wasn't changing anything. In fact, it was just making me feel worse because I was getting more and more wound up that I was having to drive to this place. And her worse. And her worse. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh, I got in the car with Wendy, and she moaned all the way. That was a pleasant right. journey, right? That was pleasant. I, I loved just it. ruined her evening as well. Exactly. <laughs> she says to show none of us are perfect, but really, by complaining, I was changing nothing. And her point: well, you can run the next one. That would be the way to change it. And, yeah, you know, if, that would be. if it's a company all hand and your company has 50,000 people, it's unlikely that you are going to get to run it. But there are ways that you can be involved. You know, often before these meetings, people, uh, companies will send out something that says, you know, tell us your questions that we'll answer in the in the session. And if you don't send them a question and then complain that they didn't answer your questions – the fault for that is on you. Mm-hmm. So you have to use those opportunities to make the thing better if you can see things that could be better. Absolutely. So instead of saying something negative and cynical, be strong, don't go with the crowd, and say something positive instead. Something like, I'm glad they get us together to talk about where the company's going. It shows us that they care about communicating those messages to us. Or... I'm not sure I understand the detail, but they seem pretty positive. Things seem pretty bad, but I'm glad they have a plan to address it. Or things seem pretty bad, but I'm glad they told us. It's good to know what's coming. Something like, I thought Simone did a great job presenting about our part of the business. Or Brian's award was pretty cool. Um, Things like, I'm glad they shared it with us. I find it helpful to get another perspective on what we do, or I'm excited about that specific aspect of our new products, things like that. Sometimes when we say negative things, we're doing it because we don't want to open ourselves up for criticism or cynicism, but there is a lot of things we can say that don't open us up in that way, but still are truthful and accurate. For instance, Sarah, you said... I'm glad they got us together to talk about where the company is going. It shows they care about communication with us. It doesn't say, I thought the right people were presenting. I thought we got the right information. The AV worked perfectly. They answered all my questions. There weren't too many slides. 
You know, it doesn't say that any of those things were right. All it says is, I'm glad they got us together because it shows to me that they care about communicating with us. So if you're worried that you, by being positive or at least by not being negative, you're opening yourself up to be criticised by others, just be a little bit more careful about what you say and think about the way that what you say can be interpreted and what actual words you're using. You know, a lot of the time people hear what they want to hear, but if you use the right words, they can't hear those things. Exactly. And lots of its tone as well. Yeah, absolutely. You could say any of those things in a sarcastic tone and it would not be the same. You have to have a good tone and a smile and say a positive thing. Something like, I'm always amazed at how many people work here that I don't know. That's something that is positive in every one of those large organizations. If you have a large town hall type meeting, you're seeing people that you don't even know work there. Or it's always good to see Steve. I talk to him all the time, but I rarely see him. And how many times is that true in large organizations? Right? We are emailing with people. We don't know what their face looks like, but we know them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's an opportunity to meet those people. Or the CEO dancing to the interest music was so funny. Right? Just anything. If they're up there, if they're presenting to the organization, if they're putting themselves in front of the group... It's an effort being exerted by the organization. So acknowledgement of that effort. Yeah, appreciate the effort, even if the outcome isn't great. <laughs> it's like having a three-year-old. <laughs> there you go. You've done the washing up. I'm really proud of I'm really proud of you. <laughs> yeah, Thank exactly. you. I'm going to have to do all those dishes again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but appreciate the effort. Right. Absolutely. So if you're a manager, you might guess that if you're going to be positive to your peers, you should be positive with your directs as well and we've separated this into a sec- into a special case because it's it's kind of for different reasons so we'll explain so managers who make negative comments about this kind of meeting are creating problems for themselves in the future if Sarah and I are individual contributors in a company and we moan about that AV in an all hands meeting it doesn't particularly matter I mean it does matter we're telling you don't do it it's not going to snowball Whereas if a manager does it, it snowballs. So let's say you come out of the meeting and one of your comments starts with, with the money they spend on these meetings, you'd think they'd figure out how to fix the AV. And you might not know, and you probably didn't intend it, you are encouraging your direct to come out of your meetings and say, you'd think with a title like IT director, Brian could get his laptop set up on a projector without help. You are saying it is okay to come out of a meeting and say, considering this thing, you'd think that this other thing would be true, right? So if you're Brian and you're the IT director and you're in your meeting, you mess up and you can't get the laptop fixed to the, showing the projector, and we all know how hard that is. Like I said, you're encouraging your direct to come out of the meeting and say the same thing that you did out of the all-hands meeting. That's absolutely true. You are setting an example for them. You can assume that if you do a behavior in front of your directs, they think it's okay to do themselves. So unless you want them to do it, don't do it to them or in front of them. And I think it's really easy 
to think that when you're in a town hall meeting and you're criticizing somebody that's several layers above you, that your comments mean nothing. Right? The person is never going to hear them. And even if they did, they wouldn't care what their direct, 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 direct thinks anyway. And you're probably right in that assumption. They're probably never going to hear it. And you're so many layers below them that does it really matter? But the thing is, you are setting that example for your directs, one that they're going to visit on you. So you want them to show you the care and forgiveness when you make mistakes or you fumble through something. And we hope you care enough about your team to care about the comments. So some examples of positive things you can say. I'm glad the sales numbers were good. I'm glad the numbers are going in the right direction. I mean, that doesn't even have to, it just has to be a positive direction. It doesn't have to be anything. The CFO's presentation said that our pension payments are covered. So that's great news. Or even if everything is falling apart, sounds like our director is a man with a plan. And that's always a good thing. Or a woman, a woman with a plan, a person with a plan. You know, that doesn't say anything about the situation, how it's being managed, what's going to happen next, the quality of the communication, or even the quality of the plan. All you're saying is something positive. That person has a plan to address the situation we're in. It's absolutely true. And if one of your directs says something negative, maybe in response to one of your positive comments or just on its own, you can acknowledge it and change the topic. That is, move it to something positive. Something like, yeah, sure, the AV was a bit glitchy, but the sales numbers were good. Or, sure, there were a lot of numbers, but I'm really glad they're going in the right direction. Um, sure, the CFO isn't the best presenter in the world, but it's great that the pension payments are covered, right? Or, sure, we're losing customers right now, but our director is the man with the plan. And so some people are born pessimists. I was one of them. And it's harder for those people to even see the positive, let alone comment on it. So hopefully some of the examples we've given give you something to think about and just copy them. You just have to say the words. And if you're a manager being positive and then moving past the negative stuff, you're teaching your directs the perspective you want them to have when things happen to you. So it's completely selfish, really, <laughs> that you don't complain when you're at an all-hands meeting or a town hall meeting. If you're a manager, the reason you're not complaining is because you don't want your directs to complain about you. This reminds me, actually, Wendy, of our podcast on how to be encouraging. Um, that was a career tools one we recorded not long ago. It's comments on performance evaluations when when you mm -hmm. get some big innocuous statement like, be more positive. That's what it means. It means saying statements like this versus just picking on the AV, turning it into something positive. Yeah, the reason the reason we did that podcast is because so many people get things on their on their performance evaluation that says be more positive. And that tells you, how do you do that? Well, this, like, like you just said, these are the things you say, and that could, that's the classification of be more encouraging or be more positive. Mm -hmm. These are the behaviors that lead people to the conclusion that you are a more positive individual. And behavior is just behavior. You can do any behavior you like, 
and you know you can because you act differently in different situations. You absolutely do. So, you know, don't confine yourself because you think you can't act in a different way. You can absolutely act in a different way. You may be choosing not to, but we would encourage you to choose to do so. And if you really can't, get a new job. Yeah, that's the answer. If you are so disenchanted and disenfranchised that you cannot possibly be positive, then it's time to start looking for a new job. You might think that you're still doing your job well, you're getting the work done, um, you're getting results, so it doesn't matter, but it does. The more disenchanted and disenfranchised you feel, the less effort you're making to being encouraging, to being positive, and your performance will degrade over time. You might even be put on a performance improvement plan or even fired due to these types of negative comments or the negative feeling that you spread to others on the team. Looking for a job when you've left under negative circumstances is way harder. And that's not to say it can't be done. I absolutely believe that everybody is employable. And they said, nobody is unemployable. That's what I usually say. I absolutely believe that everybody is employable. Everybody has space for them in the workforce. And some things make your search harder. And one of those things is, I left without another job. Because in the interviewer's mind, the only reason people leave without another job is because that they were either pushed or the situ- there was some really bad situation, you know, and they were about to be pushed. And so when you go into the interview and you're saying to the interviewer, yeah, I'm great at all these things, there's this little negative thing in the back of the head that says, yeah, I mean, I believe him, but why did he leave his last job so suddenly? So change jobs within the company, that's one way to get into a different space where perhaps there's a different mindset or leave altogether, but do it on your timetable. Leave when you want to, when you have another job that you're ready to go to. And that means until that point, until the point at which you walk through the doors for the last time, you have to be positive, you have to be part of the company, you have to be part of the team, because if anybody gets an inkling that you're not, that's when you start to get into real trouble and then potentially get fired. If you really can't say anything positive, and I've been through this too, and I'm, you know, a million people have asked me questions in the time that I've been doing this about, you know, this terrible thing is happening at my company, and it's amazing how terrible some of the things are that are happening in companies. Um, you know, there are things that are terrible in companies, and we don't expect you to stay in those circumstances. But what we do want you to do is leave on your own terms in your own timetable. And if that means faking a smile or faking something positive for another six weeks, then do that. It's the least you can do while you're still being paid. Yes, I get that too, right? They don't stop paying you when you get grumpy. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd never be paid. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, really, you're still getting paid. So they're still paying you for your efforts. One of the efforts should be keeping a positive outlook. So in summary, it might not be cool, but it's professional to be positive about the things that happen in your company. Colin Powell said, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And what that means is that optimism increases the power you've got, just like a lever increases the power of your arms. Why would you not want 
to have the additional power behind you of that optimism, of that positivity to help you be more effective in your position. And as Wendy said, I think we kicked off this podcast. Wendy said, these are the types of behaviors that get you promoted. Exactly. This reminds me of uh, trucks. You know when trucks are on the freeway and they, um, I don't know what they call it, but one comes up really close behind the other one because the wind thing goes, like, you know, the second one doesn't use as much gas because the wind's going over the top and they get an advantage from being Mm -hmm. behind the, is it called a slipstream? It may be a slipstream. Uh, Just as you were saying that about optimism, that's that's what I was thinking. I was thinking optimism or being positive is like putting a truck in front of you so that you get the benefit of being right behind it you it's a slipstream it's a it's your energy is multiplied because of something that's not very difficult you know of being a bit more optimistic or even for some people being less negative and the more things we can bring in that give us that slipstream effect that give us that kind of oomph that we don't even have to provide for ourselves, the easier it is to be successful. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Wendy. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with more guidance.